It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies. This week is a very special treat, as it is our first annual Krampus episode. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey, yeah. Hello, Jim. So with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on and happy Krampus. Happy Krampus to you, my friend, and welcome to the first annual Film Rage Krampus special. This episode, we introduce one special Krampus movie. We each break down one of our favorite horror Christmas-adjacent films. We have a couple special Christmas horror rages. And then, just like Krampus, we eat some children, go to hell until next Christmas returns. Mm. Or... We just eat some children-shaped cookies and pretend we are Krampus. We're just part of the holiday. Sounds Kind of excellent. leaning towards the first part. Mm. But children are tasty. Illegal. They're tasty. They taste just like chicken. I didn't like know here. that. I didn't know that. Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> All right, sir. Well, why don't we just get right into it? Get her done. Hey, that's festive. So we are going to kick it up with a little bit of streaming, Christmas style. We're opening with Fat Man, just released on video demand. This is the story of a modern day Santa Claus who has, come, who has to make compromises so that he can continue to spread joy to all the good little girls and boys around the world while also being hunted by a hitman hired by a precocious youngster that got a well-deserved lump of coal in his stocking for Christmas. The cast was darn near perfect with Mel Gibson as Santa, Marianne Jean-Baptiste as Mrs. Claus, and Walton Goggins as the hitman. The concept of this movie was tremendous. I mean, come on, a kick-ass take-no-guff Santa grizzled from the years, being hunted by a hitman hired by a spoiled kid that didn't get what he wanted for Christmas? That concept is pure gold. The execution, however, the execution, however, was hit and miss. I liked all this movies. I liked all of this movie, but loved none of it as it, I was frustrated as things were happening too quickly without explaining the motivations of the characters. Everything seemed rushed somehow. <sighs> Everything seems so rushed. Um, especially the climax of the movie, um, the showdown between Santa and the hitman should have been epic, but just as most of this movie, it was over way too quickly without the proper evolution. This movie could have been a classic if they just had a spent more time developing the characters and not rushing through every scene. This was truly wasted potential. I was so disappointed when the final credits rolled. I liked the movie. But I should have loved the movie. Makes it a meh. Interesting. I think we had we were channeling each other a little bit. Cause this had a great cast. Oh, perfect cast. Yeah. First off, the fat Jew hater, Mel Gibson. Although I hate him as a person. I do like his acting. Yes. Not sure how he got a career back for what he has done. Yet, Kevin Spacey is now pretty much disappeared. 
Granted. It, uh, hey, there more time had passed when he came back. So if you're if you're really itching for some Kevin Spacey, you've got about another five years. Well, uh, I was just going to say, Spacey just had some recent lawsuits against him again. So I think that's probably why. Ah. And he did make nine lives. So it's, it's, that's and, unforgivable. Wow. And one one is a you know a cr- criminal offenses that were committed, and the other one was yeah. you know you're just a racist bastard. It's a hate crime. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. A hate crimes are w- wasn't punishable. Yeah. It's whatever. Maybe not. W- were any charges Anywho. brought against him? Well, there should be. I'm not I'm saying that there shouldn't. A, I'm charging with being a racist Jew hater. Anywho. Yes. Back to the great actors in this movie. <laughs> Walter Goggins as the villain and Marianne Jean-Baptiste so uh, as Ruth, a.k.a. Mrs. Claus. Yes. I love the idea of this film. I really hated the little annoying fucker character in this film. Couldn't feel the love for him at all. Nor were you supposed most, to. Uh, yeah, but I didn't. You know, there's a difference between he could have been creepy. Like, here's a perfectly good example of a... Uh, you've seen the movie North. Yep. Yeah. It's a fantastic movie. Elijah Woods, my creep yeah. crush is in it. Yeah. And the bad guy in that, his best friend, the blonde kid, was stupendous. You hated him, but he did. He was so amazing. This kid, I didn't like him, and I didn't like what he was doing. It was He just wasn't a great actor and didn't come off awesome. So, he doesn't get any love. Oh, love fair enough. Hate. I thought he did his job. I hated him, and I was supposed to hate him. Well, I hated him for multiple reasons. One, his character, but I get over that easy. Someone does a good job of it. I think he did a good job. Um, the film itself, I found it was super slow. Uh, the build, not really a lot of suspense through three quarters of the film. Old Santa sex was awesome, though, including Mel's saggy breasts, which we got to see. Those were fantastic. Like the concept a lot, but I found the execution was not as great as I was hoping. Yeah, sounds almost exactly what you said. Yes. The ending had a great big bang, but it took too long to get there. Needed some Santa kicking ass and punching dick. Plus, they need uh, to extend that last fight too. I know. Or how about this? This didn't make any sense. So they got okay. First off, they have the army at the North Pole, and and this guy who's just some hitman goes and kills them all and then at the end he goes in into the the place where he's hunting all the elves and trying to get to santa and all that and there's at the end when he comes out of the barn and he blows it up there's two elves that jump on him isn't there like a thousand elves at the at the north pole yeah but because but those two elves sent they sent him out the back remember they want to save everybody right but then they, it took them till the end of the movie before they showed up. You had to still fight Santa and Mrs. Claus. And then then the other elves come sneaking out. It was kind of like the scene from The Wizard of Oz where... Uh, I, didn't like, have a, I didn't have a problem like, with come that. Come out. Come out. Wherever you are. It's well known. It, it was just... It's well known that elves are pussies and there was only two of them that I had a set. I don't think so. If there's one, they're like a, a hive mentality. Have you seen the Frosty it. the Snowman, the elf in that one? Uh, yeah. I also remember the elves in, um, in the... Uh, you seen the have you seen it? Exactly. They were a bunch of wusses, too. That was just Hermes that was a... a yeah. Wuss. The rest well, of them were kick-ass. Whatever. 
So you think in the two that jumped up, all the rest, they've like, he's got 9,900 Hermes, and he's, he's got... I think the the predominant thing is that uh, most elves are pussies. It's just the way it is. No, they should have. Okay, so what I was expecting at the end was like the scene at the end in The Brew where you have hundreds of little elves fucking some shit up. So tisk tisk on this movie for not having that scene. Nah, it didn't need that scene. It it needed a lot of things. It needed a lot of things. It didn't need that. It totally did. I was expecting it would be a lot more brutal fight. Uh, It gets a ho-ho, hold the mondo, supernatural (laughs) mess. Ho-ho, hold the mondo. I like it. (laughs) Best line, the fat man has an eye on you, kid. Yes. That was a good line. There were actually quite a few good lines in it. It's it's yeah. a fun movie. It's just uh, my expectations were through. Like after watching the trailer, I was like, okay, if they do this right, this is going to be a classic. And it oh, didn't. Totally. It just didn't live up to that, which is which is disappointing because it's it is a it's basically a can't miss concept, and they did everything they could to kind of miss, but it's still <laughs> worth watching. Oh yeah. Oh uh, my god, I saw it. Yes, sir. I do I you. wish? It had a bit of difference. Uh, yes, sir. I do. Absolutely. All right, sir. Well, from there, we're going to move on to a Krampus Christmas movie. What do you think of that? I could not be more excited because last year when we did our Christmas special, we've been mentally planning for this Krampus day for an entire year. Yes. And I could not be happier to know we're starting our annual Krampus special with one of the best Finnish horror movies of all time. One of the best? Rare exports. Yeah, there's not a lot of Finnish horror movies. I haven't looked so. into that. <laughs> right? There's not. So. But even <laughs> if there was... This is still pretty damn good. All right, let's hear about it. Okay, so uh, obviously it's a Finnish movie, but there was... There was some co-production with uh, Sweden too, and I think um, a couple other couple other countries. So a few people got their little mitts into this, which I was kind of happy about. It's uh, I'm gonna brutalize his name, but the director is Yamari Yalander, and it was written by him as well. And it's based on the original idea by Halander Brothers, mm-hmm. stars Yorma Tomila. Omni, Tormila, and Peter Jacobi. <laughs> Close enough. That's really, actually, that's about as good as you've ever pronounced anything. You, you've done good, I know. kid. I should be Finnish. Finnish. You, you Finnish? should be Finnish. <laughs> that would be Finnish. I speak, I speak Finnish at the best of times. I am a Finlander. So this was Goonies meets Krampus Finnish style. Got to respect... 10-year-old boys running around in their underpants in minus 30, joining daddy in the butcher shop as he chops up a pig. Yes. Respect, Finland. Total (laughs) respect. If you're going to make a motherfucking Krampus movie and you haven't got a 10-year-old boy running around in his underpants in minus 30, like, they're just like, hey, Finnish people got balls. And this movie has a whole bunch of balls in it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Omni Tomila as Pietri 
is, again, one of these kids that falls into the 3%. A kid who is a creepy little fucker, but a fucking Krampus Slayer, God Among Boys actor. I love Finnish movies at the best time, but horror are the best. And I love little Omni Tomila motherfucking Sister Claus. Ugh. Yeah, he was he was brilliant. Uh, the nude, dried up man version of him was freaking awesome. Awesome. Also, uh, his eyes, full dead eyes, so awesome. Uh, you know, in Jurassic Park, uh, when the herd of di- dinosaurs travels in the herd lock slash pack formation. Remember that? I do. I remember that. So I kind of had the same feeling when 200 naked old men, elves, did the exact same thing in the middle of the Finnish mountains. Covered in snow, it was a beautiful thing. I had a small tear fall from my eye as those 50, 60, 70-year-old naked Finnish men running in formation after their snack. It was... Yeah, pretty, pretty teary-eyed for me. It really made me think Krampus has trained his elves very, very, very well. Ah, cute little Omni, surrounded by hundreds of naked, creepy old elves, was a joyful, beautiful thing. Oh, yeah. Then they blew up Krampus. (laughs) They did. (laughs) It was so sweet. Spoiler alert. It It even ended... Uh, classic Goonies fashion, celebrating uh, a money fine. There you go. Right? Yeah. Has a, bit, a lot of similarities to, uh, to Goonies in this. Uh, uh, well, then there was the brainwashing, which was also kind of fun. Gets the fr- first present of the year akin to the Polar Express. First ever Krampus episode Mondo. All right. So, Rare Exports was a unique movie. It was really unique. Uh, it's about as unique a con- concept as you will ever come across. It's the sort of monster movie. It's sort of a monster movie with the monster, you know, being Santa Claus. Or more like Santa Clauses. Um, I guess the logical thing to do if you're a reindeer ranch, or if you're a reindeer rancher and your ranch has been obliterated is to ranch Santas instead. Hell yeah. The movie has a slow build with plenty of atmosphere. It is well developed with its characters and you can sympathize with all of them. The actors are great. The special effects look good. Really, there are no missteps here. I was bouncing back and forth whether this was Matt or Mondo, but as I talk about the good in it, the fact that there's that there's really no bad, I guess this can't be anything but Mondo. Oh, it's it's a super mondo. Like, it's, it's so messed up and different. Like, for the uniqueness alone of this film, it's just, you know, I make comparisons to Jurassic Park and, and the Goonies, but this is all original. This is a finished masterpiece. They, they, this stands at the top of the Krampus Christmas tree with um, rare exports as the angel. Yep. No, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I actually saw it 10 years ago, um, and I had, I can't believe it, but I, I really didn't remember much about it. 
But after watching it again, I guarantee I'm not going to forget it again. I don't know. I don't know what I was doing 10 years ago, but for some reason, this one didn't stick out in my mind. As I was watching, I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And uh, but it is just so good. So very good. It, it, it's funny because I, I saw it like 10 years ago, too. Yeah. And it, it's another one of those things. I was like, I remember liking it. Yeah, I remember I liking really, it. Like, yeah. But, but, you know, at the time, 10 years ago, I was a different person. So yeah. now I, I can sit back in a. And I'm, my love for Krampus has grown yes. exponentially in 10 years. Exponential love <laughs> of Krampus. That is right. And, and I, I can't I, wait to see what we do next year. Well, I can't, like, I can't we've wait. We've now hit the pinnacle. If, if 10 years has is, 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 uh, grown into this type of love for Krampus, what's going to happen in another 10 years? It's going to be all Krampus what? all the time. What is gonna, We won't even celebrate Christmas. We'll just yeah. celebrate Krampus. We'll just watch Krampus movies all year round. Uh, our, our podcast will no that. longer be film rage. It'll be Krampus rage. Yeah, or just film Krampus. Or just Krampus Krampus. <laughs> yeah, <even better. laughs> All right. From Krampus, we are going to move on to uh, one of my favorite horror, Christmas horror movies. Yeah, we kind of said let's let's just bring some joy into these. Yeah, these so, four souls so, so each, each of us each of us picked a movie, and it's not necessarily our very very favorite, um, no. but it's just one that we enjoy, and uh, we'll be do, probably doing this every year. So uh, we're gonna start out yep. this year with my pick, which is Better Watch Out from 2016. Uh, you can see this on Prime currently. In fact, you can see it on a bunch of streaming uh, uh, platforms. It's not just Prime. I think. Mm -hmm. it, I think it might even be on. on Tubi, I, I think, think it's too. on Tubi as well. And yeah, it's it's all over the place. It's easy to find. Um, Better watch out! Is the story of a home invasion on a quiet suburban street at Christmas time, or is it? This is, dumb, dumb, dumb. this is one of those movies that you will either really enjoy the ride with its twists and turns. Or you will just refuse to even get into the car. If you do, however, get in, keep in mind this is a dark tale with unlikable characters. And I mean pretty much everyone in this is unlikable. It was a movie that I really wasn't rooting for anyone in it. I was just enjoying the horrible situations, the inventive concept, and the tragedy of it all. I like the setup. I like the paint can to the face. I like the attention to detail. There were so many times that I was thinking the same thing as the characters in the film were thinking. How are you going to get away with this? And as the film rolled on, they actually seemed to answer that impossible question. And it was answered to my satisfaction. This movie is not for everyone, but it was for me. It is Mondo. Sweet. I thought uh, there was one character that was likable. Who's that? That was his little buddy, his friend. You thought he was likable? Yeah, he was. He was kind of, you know, he was kind of, as the movie goes, he was kind of, he was, he was uh, kind of just going along because he wasn't sure what this guy was about, his friend. You know, he, he had he, an idea. He, he had an idea, but he didn't think he could go like this. And so he started to have a heart a little bit through the movie as it started to go on. And you start to see it, right? So. Yeah. Uh, I thought the one character was okay. No. Uh, so uh, I get the opinion that McGee saw this movie as a revenge flick to the babysitter. Mm. Okay. So maybe mm, 
not sure it had a similar feel to start. But if you think of the two movies together, it's almost like this was the proper, <laughs> this was the flip side of the babysitter. As we know, there are three classes of CLS, a.k.a. creepy little fuckers. Mm-hmm. This one kind of sits in all three categories. A, this kid is so annoying at times, I just want to punch him in the face. B, I got to respect his game. So he gets into the classification of adorable kids. You want to pinch their cheeks and tell them, in a cute little voice, such the cutest little serial killer. Who's the big boy? Who's the big boy? Squeeze his little cheeks. But mostly, he fits into the third class, which is creepy little fuckers. Because that's exactly what this little sociopath is. So, super props to the kid who played the main killer guy. Because he, he's the first kid actor that fits all three of my classifications of creepy little fuckers. That would be Levi Miller. There you go, Levi. You are now an anomaly in the film wage history. I did not know what to expect going into this, as this was a surprise to me. I hadn't seen this film. I found the kills original and true to its Home Alone, quote-unquote, influences. Had a few sloppy bits through the first part. But uh, once it found its stride, uh, it was running all the way to the bank to cast this little baby-sized Ted Bundy wannabe. Has a, a real nice holiday feel. And you and Grandma can sit down and relax, dude. <laughs> Grandma, if you're looking down or up at me from wherever you are, I'm sure you would have helped me make gingerbread cookies and we would have bonded over this great Christmas family-friendly cycle fest. Yes, uh, aren't kids great? Trifecta for the first time ever, Mondo. Nice. All yes, right, Jim. I what was truly your... enjoy yeah, no, it was it was a lot. It's just a lot of fun, and uh, I was actually watching it with someone who did not like it at all. And I was like, "What?" Hmm. So as I said, she she didn't get in the car. She didn't go for the ride. I was in the car. I was enjoying the ride. Yeah, there was. I truly enjoyed the ride. I kind there was parts where I kind of wish that we did see things like the paint can. I was really expecting to see more. You know what? But then, yeah, go ahead. Oh, as I say, but then I'm kind of glad they didn't. They didn't show it. I, I, for some reason in my mind, I remember seeing a, a obliterated face the first time I saw it. And I'm trying to think, mm. is this something that was cut off, cut out when they started streaming it everywhere? Or am I just remembering it wrong? Because sometimes your, your brain does that to you. You remember one thing and fills in the cracks. Yeah. It's like, uh, I always bring up this example because in the movie Reservoir Dogs, my father hated it because of the scene where Michael Madsen cuts off the the cop's ear, right? Because he swears to God that that the cop came, uh, that uh, Michael Madsen came in with the the, uh, razor blade there, sliced off the ear and it showed everything, every gruesome detail. And then he pulled off the ear and the whole deal. When in actuality, he approaches with the blade the camera moves to the top, to the kind of the ceiling yeah. and gives this weird yeah. upward angle. And all you hear is the cop screams. 
But I think that might have been the same case with me here, is that I just remembered something happening. Yeah, But yeah. that's not what actually happened. And I tried to explain that to my father when he was alive, and he's like, no, no, I, I saw it. So then I literally had to you know, grab the DVD and show him that part of the movie. He's like, well, they must have edited it different. I'm like, no, that's what it was in the first place. Yeah, they didn't do a director's cut for you, buddy. Exactly. <laughs> well, and you know, but you know, but that scene is very horrifying, right? Yeah. And the same thing with this movie; it's horrifying. So, so, so even past, though that visceral image isn't shown, in. you know what it was, and you know, you yeah. create that picture in your head. Because I could have sworn yeah, the, I was waiting for it. I was like, okay, I know at some point they show his face, but they didn't, and they probably no, never they did. The green paint. They yep. showed the green paint, and then they showed the red. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was it was well done. It was a nice delivery. I did fully enjoy that. That was a very nice Christmas present you gave me. Oh, sorry, a very nice Krampus present you gave me. Yes. All right. All right. And and what did you unwrap for Krampus? I unwrapped Dead End, and so I saw this uh, a while ago, and I I kind of forgot about it, and so I was trying to find um, I was trying to go and find some Krampus films to watch, it was like, holy crap, I remember really liking this. Right. So, on Christmas Eve, on their way to the in-laws, Frank Harrington decides to take a shortcut for the first time in 20 years. Turns out to be the biggest mistake of his life. I love Frank. Or is it? Or is it? Frank's awesome. Director, writer, Jean-Baptiste Andrea... Fabri and uh, has some writing by Fabrice Canepa, maybe? Canepa, yeah, uh, that sounds right. Uh, stars Ray Weiss, uh, Lynn Shea, and uh, Mick Kane. Yep. I thought the actors, uh, these actors are all pretty big, pretty big actors. Like they're, they're, yeah, they're you, kind of B-less, B-less character actors. Yeah, that are, they're character like, actors. But you, um, as soon as you see them, you know them. Oh, yeah, he's like, oh, man, what did I remember seeing him in? And then I had to go back and look at all this content. Uh, this has everything a fantastic family Christmas movie needs. It's got caroling in the car. It's got a trip to grandma's house. It's got low-budget, cheesy acting. Great cast of B-list actors. Masturbating by the side of the road as you pull over. Twilight Zone plot. Idiotic, wisecracking teenage boy. It's got all the makings of a great Christmas trip to grandma's. I love the randomness of this flick and the complete unknowing of what the fuck is both going on and what is going to happen. All that being said, I kind of thought as I was watching it, I'm going back to the first time because it's just a rewatch. But as I was watching it, I kind of thought, I kind of figured out the ending a long time before it because it's kind of not, I mean, it's it's a ghost story. You can't avoid Mm. the fact that it's a ghost story and you kind of know. But I kind of like the way they kind of sprinkle things through it as you went on and as it comes to the end. Uh, favorite part was when mom fondled her exposed brain to almost orgasm and dropped it. That was pretty good. <laughs> Lynn, Lynn Shay should have got an Oscar for that. I think so, right? <laughs> super random, uh, super fun times. Yes, uh, super Christmas present Mondo. Wow. Oh, wait, you have a favorite line. Go Not ahead. about a merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> Indeed. Um, it's funny that you brought up the Twilight Zone, because I love the Twilight Zone, and this was basically an extended version of a Twilight Zone episode. Yes, it is. Um, it is a movie that 
is effective in its ability to manufacture tension as the situation becomes more dire, as well as its ability to focus on the tension within the family dynamic. Oh, and it's also really quite funny. This is a 90-minute ride that is quite enjoyable, even though the destination is not quite as satisfying as the journey. This could have been Mondo with a better ending, but it was still a very worthwhile meh. <laughs> I didn't hate the ending as much uh, as I kind of liked it. I it's thought, like... I <laughs> I, I mean, it was you knew it was happening. You knew it was coming. If you didn't yeah. know by then, then you then you're crazy. But what I did like is I did like the fact they got into the hearse at the end. That was that was. Yeah. I thought that was I thought that was the way they had to end it. If they're gonna do like they did and went to the hospital, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah they I had suppose. to end it like that. It, there was no way around it. They had to end it like that. But I mean, there's so many random things in this, and it's kind of the same as the one uh, as kind of better watch out. Right, like there's, yeah. um, no, it is a lot of fun. Randomness yeah. that's that's just like, I have no clue. Like when you're seeing this movie, you don't know where it's gonna go, and then when you get there, you're like, eh. it's it's one of those cases too where I'm sitting there watching the movie and I'm like, I really need to have a pad and a and a pe and a, a pen and a pad of paper uh, beside me here because I really should have been writing down some of this stuff because some of the lines from it are hilarious. The, the, oh yeah, the dialogue's like, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the kid, and then even just when they're in the car, some yeah. of the things that they say. Yeah, no, yeah. this was uh, this was, as I say, a lot of fun. Wish the ending was better, but still worth watching. It was. Yes. All right, sir. Well, from there, let's go to some of what we were thinking. By the way, had you seen your selection for this worst Christmas horror films ever before nominating it? Oh yes, one hundred percent. You had seen it, okay? Well, I had <laughs> I, I hadn't seen mine. I was I was kind of okay. I was kind of going off of uh, what other people said, which you never should do. But uh, my nomination for worst one of the worst Christmas horror films ever was Santa's Sleigh from two thousand five. Oh, see, I was glad that you brought this one forward because I hated. Oh, really? <laughs> see, I yep. I did not, but let's, uh, I'll, okay. just, I'll tell you exactly what I thought. So apparently Santa is a demon who has lost a bet to an angel and because of that was forced to spread joy by giving toys to all the little brats around the world. But through events, the true nature of Santa gets unleashed and Santa returns to his evil ways. Um, the opening scene is really quite entertaining as it seems James, it sees James Caan, Fran Drescher, and Chris Kattan yes. meeting their untimely demise at the hands of Santa Claus. We also get a Dave Thomas appearance, and I w must admit, Bill Goldberg as Santa was adequate. The scene in the strip club where Santa wipes down the stripper pole with bleach before touching it and using it as a weapon was hilarious. There were actually quite a few times I was chuckling in this one. I must admit, I now have egg on my face, as this movie that I myself nominated as one of the worst Christmas horror movies without seeing it is actually not that bad. Just goes to show you that the only opinion that really matters is my own. I will never nominate anything else, again, as a potential rage, without seeing it. My Christmas horror rage movie was a laugh out loud meh. Okay, well, at least it only made meh. So, uh, first off, I have to say, FYI, Merman, uh, this has Norwegian all through it, so... 
Uh, you totally missed out by not seeing this oh. for your Norwegian. Plus, heritage. it's got Bill Goldberg in it, and he's a big wrestling fan. Yeah, yeah, uh, which also caused me to not like it. Okay, so <laughs> let's begin. Uh, as as an aside, b- by the way, just as a, before you get into it, Bill Goldberg actually met his wife on this set. She was one of the strippers. Maybe she was the one that he cleaned the pole after. I don't know. Maybe she was. I don't know. Maybe you have to find send him a send him a message. Find his TV after. <laughs> so uh, what the fuck? Fran Drescher, Chris Kattan, James Caan, and Dave Thomas. Yeah. This had the makings to be the best movie ever. Uh, well, maybe. <laughs> when Santa lit Fran Drescher's head on fire, that was the best part of the whole movie. Uh, but then, uh, you know, James Caan, Franny got ice. It kind of started rolling downhill like a giant snowball, picking up elves and everything in its path. Path. Uh, I think this may be the scary movie Christmas horror film. What do you think, Greg? Eh, I think you're being too you hard on it. You don't think this had the makings of being scary movie material? No. Nah. Oh, I did. It was trying to be funny. Yeah, and it, it was. It wasn't. Uh, or maybe the Back to the Future of Christmas horror. What do you think about that, Bryce? Back to the Future of Christmas horror? I don't even get that one. Or how about uh, the shitbag Christmas Fest crappy horror movie of of horror? Mm, don't like that. Yeah, that's a little closer to what I feel. No. Not sure why the grandpa decided to not tell the supposed Necronomicon story. It's like he, there's so many things in this movie that isn't finished. Ugh. I did like some, I should say almost mo- all, of the many kills in this movie. So it had a really high death count, and I liked all of the deaths. Death by Candy Cane, Death by James Caan. Lighting Fran on Fire. Death by Reed. Death by Lime Knife. Pickaxe. Stripper Pole. Uh, electrocution. Burnt Stripper. Bison. Reindeer. Exploding Presence. Medora. Um, Carol Tossing. Grandma Getting Run Over by a Reindeer. Every murder was very satisfying. Okay. I loved all the killings, but nothing else. The entire rest of the movie was terrible. It was unwatchable. Other than the killings, I, I kind of want to go back and actually re-record this movie with just the killings, and then I might have actually thought it was a mess. But otherwise, uh, dialogue, um, not funny. Uh, it, was not, it, was, it was trying to be campy, but it just was not funny campy. It was just dumb campy. The story was convoluted and idiotic, the love story component was completely stupid. And yeah, agree. everything outside of the murders, or should I say slays, were a giant Santa turd sandwich rage-filled present. Duh. No, Too hard no. on it. The murders were great. The mur- No, it was the, the movie was terrible. The murders were great. And it, it I couldn't give it a rage or a meh because... In between the murders, I was going, "What? Like, what is happening in this stupid story? Yeah. It's all terrible." Sometimes you got to get through a little crap to get to the good stuff. It's fine. No, or you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna happen. All right, fair enough. <laughs> no, it's no. poopy. Just like a giant turd sandwich. Mm. 
and not in a good place. I see. Well, all right. From there, so we, we move talk on. Talk about what? Yeah, one that we both. Someone who brought the real joy. Yes. To Rageville Christmas. Yes. So, I brought forward. L. Yes, you did. From 1989, a young woman discovers that she is the focus of an evil Nazi experiment involving selective breeding <laughs> and summoning elves an attempt to create a race of supermen. And I don't even want to talk about who directed, wrote, or acted in this movie. So, uh, slapping your grandchild silly and then stealing your daughter's life savings, then killing her cat is now proper child rearing and proper parent punishing strategies? Huh? This is where <laughs> I went wrong with my kids, I guess, because I didn't do any of those things. A, didn't kill my kid's cat for no apparent reason. <laughs> like, it was, like, it was odd. Uh, and then there's one of my favorite things that, that bad horror movies do is they create elf vision. So you're getting to see the view, point of view of the elf, which is like not suspenseful in the least. Uh, kid gets almost killed by a fucking little midget troll. His words, not mine. And then they just leave him in his room alone. <laughs> like it's, it's like not, they didn't put any thought around any of this. No. Uh, so yeah, he may be a liar, but they're not. I mean, there was a something event that happened. Like there's every every single scene just went from one scene to another that made no sense. By the way, the kid falls into the creepy little fucker. I want to punch in the face because he is so annoying through the entire movie. Just a question, but what exactly was the elf stabbing on Santa when he did the step, Santa stabbing? It made no sense. Uh -huh. And Dan Haggerty? Wow. How did Dan Haggerty ever get a job after somebody saw that he was in this movie? Uh, and what the fuck was he doing in this movie? Who is he? And why do we care? Like, they, they put his whole character in there and he made, he made nothing to the story. Dan Haggerty, that was the bearded gentleman, was it? Yeah. That's, okay. that's whatever his name, Grizzly Adams or yeah. whatever. Yeah, well, right? actually, he was the only thing that intrigued me in the whole thing because he, he kind of looks like Haley Joel Osment these days, and I was just sitting there looking at him. <laughs> I was like, hey, maybe it's he Haley looks Joel like Osment Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, well, maybe it is. Haley I think Joel if Haley Joel Osment grew his hair a little bit longer, got his beard a little scruffier because he <laughs> does wear a beard most of the time these days, you know, grew it out a little bit. I think he'd look like this dude. I was just like, look, I'm like, I wonder if uh, Dan Haggerty is like Haley Joel Osment's father. Because I think the eh, age difference, that might be pretty close. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. That's the only thing uh, that, I, that I found entertaining all at all. Uh, so every time he was on the screen, I was like, wow, it's Haley Joel Osment again. Haley Joel Osment's grandfather. The whole ending... Uh, so I, I would talk about how stupid the whole Nazi thing was, but it made no sense, and how everything was connected yet not connected at all. Uh, things like they go to a warehouse, to the the girls go there to party because it's a warehouse. Yeah, there's a and, lot. But it's not a warehouse. It's kind of like it was like a mall, but it's not a mall. It's like I, I, I wasn't sure what they were trying to pretend that it was, so I, uh, yeah. I couldn't understand any of that. 
the whole ending is so random and stupid. They go to the, the department store, supposedly, run around and, you know, do stuff with people. Uh, okay, apparently anything about anything is anything. Uh, I love how Dan Haggerty goes to check on one of the dead girls and touches her butt. Like, I don't even know what that part was. He's just, just like, he's like, no, I'm just going to touch her butt. Yeah. I'm just no, like, okay, for, cool. for what reason? Uh, and the elf sucking dead girl's hand? Kind of kinky. Yeah. yeah. Huh? Right? The best thing about this film, though, by far, was at the very end, was the sex scene with the girl and the elf. I didn't mm. even know they were having sex. Mm. I kind of liked the... It was uh, like... Yeah. Right? Like, it was like, that was health sex? I, I guess it was. I don't know what was going on. I was very confused throughout. <laughs> so this gets a, a rage, rage, what the fuck, rage. <laughs> yeah. I, as I say, other than the fact that it had a Haley Joel Osment lookalike in it, and... Uh, uh yeah other than that it, it was it's just hard to watch i i've never been so tempted to just fast forward through stuff in my life as watching this movie but i sat there and, and i watched i watched every minute of it and uh You're very welcome yeah i mean there was i don't know i guess the the scene where the elf like electrocutes the mom in the in the bathtub that was sort of entertaining. that was a little satisfying that was yeah but, uh, I love the elf though. Like the elf was like. <laughs> well, the elf was funny because it was. <laughs> plus, its expression never changed. <laughs> it just, it was like they made a static model of this elf, this creature, <laughs> and they're like, "Well, make sure that its face doesn't move at all." <laughs> yep. Because it was just this clay. It'll I don't be know. Scary. It was, yeah. It'll be so scary. It's almost uh, as if but- they like just stopped halfway and they're like okay that's good enough i think they just it was like another one of those cases it was a one take movie yeah like yeah that's okay wait a minute it doesn't make sense why that happened no no it'll be good we cut cut. move on to the next scene we'll fix it in editing so uh there was two favorite lines in this yep you've got great big tits and i'm going to tell everyone i saw them yeah that was early on yeah, and it's like okay, that made no apparent sex sense. Sex. It was sex weird. Sense. Like, why? Why would a little brother say that? <laughs> like, I know. Like, who's he? Who's, who's he going to tell this to? Like, <laughs> you yeah, just. People say, hey, buddy, Bryce. Hey, you. <laughs> hey, buddy. I'll go to school the next day. Guess what? I saw my sister's breasts, and they were big. And you're like. Hey, that's creepy, dude. Like, exactly. you're, why are you spying on your why, sister? <laughs> why, and and if you do spy on your sister, why are you telling me? Yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> uh, wait, the, here's the line. You've got big tits, and I'm going to tell everyone I saw them. Yeah. I don't know if it's because she has the big tits, but... I don't know. And it wasn't... going to tell everybody? It wasn't even funny. It was them. just... It was like, <laughs> what did he just say? That's his sister. <laughs> exactly. Which just made it that much more gross. Uh, uh, or the even worse line, which was, yes. when there's no more room in hell, the elves will walk the earth. This offends me harshly 
to soil the great dialogue of George Romero with this awful, awful movie. Mm. How dare them try to steal a line from the great and powerful <sighs> Romero. It yes, just, that should be a punishable offense for sure. Yeah, well, it got a super rage from both of them. <laughs> it, did, it did get that. So <laughs> I guess they got their comeuppance. <laughs> they certainly did. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Well, sir, we kind of flew through this episode, my friend. Yeah, is there anything else you want to rage about? Ah, I'm all raged out because, man, there was a lot in this episode. There was a li- there was enough to get get me pleased in a in a not a creepy brotherly looking at my sister's naked breasts type of way, but you know, still nonetheless, I was filled with rage, which always makes me happy. There you go. Alright. So from there, let's uh move on to this. Do, do little filler cause I am in the wrong screen. Bum, 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 yeah, we're bum. gonna have while we're waiting for you, let's just talk about our fantastic sponsor and how uh there's some great movies that are playing at Canyon Meadows cinemas right now before they close down yes yeah um you know uh if you're living here in calgary or in anywhere in alberta (laughs) hey if you're in edmonton come on down and go to canyon meadow cinemas um but yeah uh, we're basically as of uh this saturday um saturday night uh we will be closing down basically for four weeks so um that is the last day as far as i know that canyon meadows will be open uh, but, uh, if you, if you rush, if you're listening to us on Wednesday night or Thursday morning, um, they're still showing, uh, a movie we just uh, reviewed recently, Sound of Metal. And this movie is so worth checking out. And if you can see it on the big screen, it is really worth checking out. So, uh, you can go back and listen to our review of it. And if you listen to our review of it and that doesn't make you want to see it, then, uh, I don't know what to say. But uh, Candy Meadows yeah. is uh, playing it right now. Uh, Candy Meadows Cinemas. Uh, They're just playing it till tomorrow, though. So uh, yep. this, this being Wednesday night. Possessor. So. Yeah. So same that, with Possessor, which was also a mondo for both of us. Yeah. So uh, what is today? Wednesday the 9th. So uh, yep. Uh, Thir- Thursday, December 10th is your last time to see those two movies, Possessor and The Sound of Metal, on the big screen. Well worth checking out. Yep. Uh, and if you, if you don't, then start renting them come Sunday. Yes, indeed. So. Canyon Meadows Cinema is your one-stop entertainment and movie theater experience. Great food, private theater rentals, movies, video games, special events, Christmas parties, and podcasting special events. CMC meets and exceeds all the Health Canada requirements for a safe and healthy physical distancing experience. Call CMC at 403-670-5444 to book a safe and socially distanced seating event or go online at canyonmeadowscinemas.ca. All right. Thanks, Ragers, for listening. Thanks to the extended film rights crew of Leonard Conlon for his heart vision and photography via Leonard Conlon Photography. Listen to us on podcast streaming site find us on all the social media at film rage yyc 
check out our website at filmrageyyc.com. We are always wanting your feedback to make this a raging blast for all listeners. So please comment often and please make us rage. Please, please. But before we close, reminder, next week we'll be somewhat back to maybe a regular uh, episode, but we won't be seeing anything in theaters. We'll be watching the ever-raged and dared Maverick. So come back next week to listen to that, plus a whole bunch more. Well, that's it for this week. Rage on. Rage on.